Welcome back to Change Ed. Changed. Every time. Every single time. <laughs> this is a 15-minute or less podcast on all things steels in the state of Pennsylvania. I am your host, Andrew Kuhn, a project consultant from Montgomery County Intermediate Unit. And here with me, Tony Marabito, Staff Development Facilitator, Carbon Lehigh Intermediate Unit. Wow, staff development facilitator. Yeah, Ooh. don't love the title to be honest, uh, but it looks official on the business card. Yeah, facilitator sounds like you. I mean, yeah, that's the business end of uh, you know, what you're doing. Good job. So, uh, we started this month off with a conversation of what is phenomenon. We're focusing on phenomenon for the month, and this podcast is going to specifically be focused on phenomenon based learning. So using phenomenon is one thing but centering your education around this idea of phenomenon is is very different right so essentially it is you're going to flip the thinking so it's about curiosity and investigation and using the the science process to learn science in science classes i wanted to see how many times i could say science in one sentence. yeah i noticed that that was a lot yeah yeah i think i counted three uh which is you know, it could be a fun little game we could play this podcast. So you can say science the most times in one sentence. Um, so I'm curious, Tony, as you you know think about phenomena-based learning, is there anything that particularly stands out to you? Well, I just think it's, it's an exploration, right? I, I think having that anchoring phenomenon at the beginning of a lesson um, to help drive curiosity, I think that's what it's all about. I think having a common experience that the students could have shared in or have some knowledge about then leads to some driving questions about that. Um, so it doesn't have to be too difficult. We don't have to reinvent the wheel here when it comes to our lesson plans. It's just, let's say you're talking about landforms and we start out with with Mount Everest and, and, and why it moves, right? So that leads us to all the different types of tectonic plate shifting and, and lava under or magma and you know, it leads to all those different things, but just by starting your lesson with something that's interesting, that's that hook for the students. Right. And I, and I think that's that flipping the thinking part, right? Like uh, you'll find that in a lot of lessons, phenomenon already exists, but it's at the end of the lesson, right? That's when you like get to that fun, like, uh, you know, it's almost like dessert, right? Like desserts at, at the end, usually, typically, but a lot of people will say, you know, life's too short start with dessert, right? Like start there and then get me in uh, to go further. And that's when you're like, wow, this is like, I'm tasting all the flavors. It's really good. Like it's not, it's not finishing and filling. It's like getting me interested in being like, all right, yeah, let's see what else you got. Like, this is a pretty good restaurant. Right. I think you got good stuff here. Um, and so that's, that's kind of the idea that we're going with here. And what else is interesting with this is that I really think that well, not I think, but I'm going to say this is where three-dimensional learning comes into play, where like, okay, you know, you're presenting this phenomena, you're getting them hooked, and then, well, what do we do now that I'm hooked? I don't know what to do with this. And that's where your three-dimensional learning comes into play. It's basically like kind of like tying up the phenomena and tying a tight bow around it with your three-dimensional learning ropes, and you got it locked in, and you're like, oh, there it is, right? Because it's not just one thing that's going to tell you what it is, where in the past, when we came into uh, across phenomenon and be like, again, we, we talked about this last episode, ask a question, get the answer. Now it's like, that's right. not that simple, right? Like it's not just because you told me this is the answer. Even if 
if we have a possible answer out there, we're like, how are we going to investigate that? Like, is that really what it is? Or is that just what we've always thought it to be? And, and I think I'm guilty of this too, as a teacher, uh, like when we introduce a new topic, I wanted to give them vocab words right away. So they had some kind of understanding. And that's, this is kind of like that, that flip thinking that you were talking about. Like we're providing this phenomenon, this question, and we're asking kids, what do we notice? What's going on here? And now we're starting this conversation that kids are, are hopping into and they're already involved in this, uh, this lesson that we're going to learn. And I didn't have to give them the definition of photosynthesis, right? We're kind of discovering it on our own. And I think that leads to actual uh, retention. Sorry, I know I cut you off there, but I was really excited about the photosynthesis. Uh, oh, yeah, it was, like a, it was like a mic drop. Uh, yeah. and, and what I'll say with that is that that's that's concept before vocabulary, right? And uh, we've had this conversation before. I think it, it, it's worth mentioning again that, you know, so many things in our society, you have to have the vocabulary terms in order to enter into that conversation. It could be anything. It could be politics. It could be sports. It could be even educationally when you're talking about certain content. And there are times where I've used more words than necessary because I did not have the vocabulary term, but I was able to describe to you what it was I was thinking about. So my intelligence uh, is not based off of being able to grab a vocabulary term, especially if I can still describe it. And that's what we're highlighting here in these steel standards that I don't have to have the word to know what I'm talking about. It might take me 35 more words than I need, but I can do it. And so allowing the student to process through that and really solidify the understanding and then saying, you know how we could say that easier? This word. What? Right? Like it's like mind blowing. It changes it for you, but you've got it so solid. And now you can you can link that word to that entire idea versus the way that it was taught before was here's the word, memorize the meaning. Here's the word, memorize the meaning. Well, I made meaning out of it way before that word came into, and then it's like awesome, let's simplify it. Let's make this easier. So the number one question, issue, argument that I get from teachers, and I understand, is time. We don't have the time to do this. There's so much to cover and to understand. What's your take on the time issue? Yeah, I mean, I get it. I was elementary school teacher, too, and we were supposed to have 20 minutes of science every day. Um Unfortunately, sometimes that's the first thing that gets cut because there's such an emphasis on math and language arts, right? And being able to read. So my answer to that is we are going to cover, cover, right? This material um, regardless. So let's start with something that's going to intrigue the students. It doesn't have to be a long winded um, event at the beginning of your class. Let's just show a, maybe a quick video or show a quick uh, demonstration of a slinky falling off the, the desk and how it moves, just something to spark the student's curiosity. Cause I think, because we have to cover all this content anyway, and it has to be retained because we need to take PSSAs and keystones. I think this retention piece and the actual experimentation and being able to discuss it will have a longer lasting impact, even if it does take a few extra minutes, but it does not have to take over your whole lesson. It does not have to be an extra 20 minutes. It can be a little quick three minute demo and discussion, and then we can move on. What was your answer to some of these teachers? This is hard. This is hard. This is the work. When we're incorporating new standards and when we're looking at new instructional practices, this is literally the work that we have to do. And 
they're right. If we if we're going to use uh, old standards thinking with these new standards, we don't have the time. However, the argument back is like we don't have the time because of the way that we were teaching, we had so much information, so much knowledge to disseminate that we didn't have the time. But if we're creating learners, if we're creating lifelong learners, we don't not have the time. We don't we we can't we can't shortchange them and say we're going to speed up and they'll go go solve life's problems. Right. And so sometimes to speed up, we actually have to slow down. We have to take the time now to help them become learners and thinkers and doers and processors. This is what we're teaching them. Right. So I love science. You you read a science coloring book before, so I know you're you're familiar with it. And really, because we have a lot of science, I'm not, but I'm not I, science is the vehicle with which I'm helping to grow humans, right? Like we're helping them to process and think through and solve these problems. Science is that vehicle. It's not because science is the best. It's my passion, it's what I like, and I'm a curious person, and I have lots and lots of questions. But to to learn many of life's lessons, and these can be deep-rooted lessons, to really learn them, we have to take the time to lean into the learning. So that's where the argument is, like, well, we don't have the time. We don't not have the time to do that, because then we're shortchanging them. So then, you know, as, as adults, we can get frustrated and say, oh, you know, everybody just wants the answers. They don't want to think about it. They just want to get here. Yeah, that's a learned behavior. We we taught them right. that. And, and as we adults, if we reflect on, we're the same way, right? Like you're telling me I have to wait two days for this Amazon order to show up? That is outrageous, right? It's not, right? My my parents actually had to plan ahead and uh, they had to be like, uh, we're going to be out of diapers in a week. We should probably plan to go to the store, right? Me, I'm like, is there... We have a day, right? Like I will rush order diapers. <laughs> like I can't plan that far ahead, right? Like it's a very different thought process. We want that instant gratification. But in this scenario, and even to stand out differently from the rest of the world, right? Instant, instant, instant. It's like, let's slow down and get them to go deep with this, right? So we're going a mile deep and an inch wide. That's where we get the time, right? If you imagine this, instead of an inch, an inch deep and a mile wide, we're flipping it and we're just going to drill down deeper. So now we do have the time. Whatever time we, we spent on going an inch deep, now we're just going to go a mile deep. And instead of, you know, a mile wide, we're going to go an inch deep. So we need to be able to apply that our, our, our learning, not just regurgitated, right? So we're looking at, we're talking about depth of knowledge here. These are all things that, you know, we we were exposed to when we were being trained as teachers and we were talked about, but we were talked about under a certain system. And that system has continued to build and build and build. And there were more standards and more expectations and more that we had to do. And so time is always against us and it always will be. But our job is to find a way to slow it down and help them to really create these neurological pathways and these these ways of learning so they can apply it through their entire lives. Like I'm not just teaching them science that year in that period, it's like we're developing them for life. We're all working together to be like, how are we going to develop? How are we going to connect with these students and empower them to be not only the future, but the now, right? They should be asking these things now. Yeah, and I think that's why STEM has gained so much traction recently is because, you know, a lot of our STEM lessons, it starts with a problem or or 
um, or you're trying to fix something, you're trying to invent something. And I, I think that that piece of teaching kids how to think and not just doing that eight second, like TikTok, here's your answer. Uh, let's move on to the next topic kind of, of teaching, which we're all guilty of because we, there is a lot to cover. I, I think, you know, taking that step back and really teaching them how to think starting at that kindergarten level, you know, by third grade, they're experts already. They already, they, they know how to think. Then this becomes second nature, but we needed something. And it was steals in this case to kind of change that and, and shift our teaching. And, and now we have it. So let's take advantage of it. Yeah. And one, one important thing to note is that students are extremely adaptable. They will adapt to the scenario. And so transitioning to something like this is not easy and it will take time, right? If they're not used to it, if they you're teaching a seventh grade class and they've never learned this way before, it will take some time to get them used to that process. But I'm here to tell you, once you've got them, they're not going to want to go back, right? If they go to an eighth grade teacher that taught the way that they had learned all of their years before, they're going to be, it's going to be hard for that teacher because they're going to resist Absolutely. going back to that. That's very much like with technology, right? Like we've all seen a three-year-old who can navigate an iPad better than um, you, Tony, at, at 93, right? Like it just, That's they, right. they, can, they can work it really well and they can do those things because they're building those pathways. And and quite frankly, as adults, we will have a harder time shifting to, the, to this way of thinking than our students will because we have so much more experience and knowledge and you know there's so much more in the way that we have to like kind of work through to really grasp it and understand it and that won't be the case for our our students you know they've had a couple of years of, of learning this way of, of one way and we're going to introduce another one but by all of us working together we will change this paradigm and uh quite frankly essentially uh explode the future, right? Like we don't know where that we imagine this right. this way of thinking when it goes we, we look back at COVID. If we had everyone was thinking this way, could we have solved things differently? Could we have answered them differently? Could we have reacted differently? Uh could it have been shorter, right? Like who knows? But this is you know, this is we're talking about minds on thinking, uh, not right. just hands-on or knowledge on. This is minds on and putting all the all these minds, all the minds of Pennsylvania on this. Uh, we'll, we'll change things indefinitely. So uh, that's all the time we have for this episode. Thank you for tuning in. As always, we look forward to connecting with you next week.